Thank you, Catherine. Um, as Catherine said, my name's Isaac. I'm part of the team here at HTB. I always get a bit nervous when people introduce me as a rapper because I'm aware that there's probably people here that grew up on like the Beatles or like Stevie Wonder, the Spice Girls maybe. And the last thing you want right now is someone to rap at you, yeah? So just letting you know you've got nothing to worry about. Instead, I'm going to be sharing about what it looks like to go again. We go again. If you follow a sports team of any sort that compete over the course of a season, this is a phrase that you might have heard before. It basically means that championships, awards, titles, rewards aren't won in one game. They are only won if you maintain high levels of performance again and again and again. After every victory, we go again. After each defeat, we go again. Win or lose, we have to go again. I'm trying to have that mentality at the moment with my son Ezra. He's uh, two and a half years old. And a few weeks ago, me and my wife made the mistake of letting him get an ice cream from the ice cream van for the first time. Since then, this little guy asks for ice cream every single day. Uh, soon as he hears that song, he goes absolutely wild, yeah. I'm not one to exaggerate, uh, but it's genuinely traumatizing. Um, I wake up around 7 a.m. every morning, happy, I'm a happy guy, yeah. Blessed, ready to attack the day, and then I think to myself, Man, the ice cream van's probably going to come at some point today. <laughs> Why are they even around at the moment? Like, it's not that hot. <laughs> I feel like everywhere else in the world, the acceptable temperature for summer behavior is about 20 degrees. But in England, we'll settle for 10, yeah? <laughs> There's probably a few people here or watching online that woke up today and thought, ah, it's a bit toasty today. I think I'll get my shorts on, yeah? I'm not one to name and shame, but my bro, nice shorts, my bro. I like your shorts, bro. Nice shorts, bro. <laughs> so anyway, I've told my son that he can't have ice cream every day, obviously. So every morning, every afternoon, every evening, I go again. Daddy, can I have ice cream? Not today, son. He'll ask the next day, and I'll go again. Not today, son. He asked the other day, and being the consistent and persistent dad that I am, and also staying true to my Ghanaian roots of strict parenting. I'm sure you can guess how that went for him. I've actually got a picture. I'm so weak, man. I'm so weak. I didn't account for the fact that my son wakes up every day and also thinks we go again. Anyway, this is church, um, so we're going to read the Bible together. I'm going to be sharing a passage from Luke. It's in chapter 18, and it's verses 1 to 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, 
I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, this is commonly known as the parable of the persistent widow. And a parable is basically an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So Jesus isn't speaking literally here, but I think he wants to show us something. So there's a judge that doesn't really care about doing his job. A woman keeps bothering him, and she's so persistent that he thinks, oh, go on then, I'll give her justice. In verse 2, Jesus says that this judge doesn't fear God. Essentially, the judge is ungodly. And I think Jesus is saying that the judge doesn't really care about helping people. It's kind of like when you've been sent to the supermarket by a member of your family or a partner to do a food shop. And they've put something on the shopping list that no matter how many times you go to the supermarket, you can never find where this thing is. For me, it's chili paste, yeah? I know where the milk is. I know where the bread is. I know where the eggs are. But I can never find the chili paste. And so I ask a shop assistant. And you can always tell which shop assistants really want to help you out. If you are someone where you can find something and they're like, oh, don't really know where that is, mate. Oh, 26 maybe. That person doesn't really care about helping you out. But every now and again, you find like an eager shop assistant, don't you? Excuse me, do you know where I can find a chili paste? Oh yeah, of course, love. Come with me, I'll show you where it is. <laughs> Cooking something nice for dinner, are you? That's someone that really wants to help you out. Nothing like the judge that we're reading about in this story. The judge wasn't a Jewish one, and we know this because back in those days, all disputes were taken before the elders and not to public courts. So he would have been one of the paid magistrates appointed by Herod or by the Romans. And back then, these type of judges had a reputation, a bad reputation for perverting the course of justice. Unless you had money or influence or power, you had no chance of getting your case settled. But all this woman wanted was justice. And so she doesn't give up. She keeps bothering the judge till he says, fine, I'll give it to you. So what is Jesus telling us through this story? He tells us in verse 7, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I think what Jesus is saying is if perseverance pays off with a corrupt judge that doesn't give a scooby-doo about anyone, how much will perseverance pay off with a God who is just, a God who loves us? This parable is telling us to keep praying and to not lose heart, to not give up. A key thing to think about if this woman had to overcome the judge's reluctance to help But for us to think that this story is Jesus telling us that we need to pray and pray and pray to overcome his reluctance to help us misses the point completely. I think Jesus wants us to see a contrast. He wants us to see that God is the complete opposite. He's telling us to pray because God wants to help us, because God isn't reluctant, because God wants to have a relationship with us. 
So much so that his son Jesus died on a cross for our mistakes so that we can have life and be in relationship with him. Maybe God's also saying that even when we come across people in positions of power that are corrupt or insensitive or out of touch, God can still work on our behalf. It almost doesn't make sense that the woman in this story gets justice because she's dealing with someone that doesn't care about it. And I find that encouraging because it tells me that even in systemic unfairness and inequality, God's will and plan for his people means that there is always hope. It tells me that God can help us make significant change. Even in a corrupt world, it always seems impossible until it's done. Historically, examples of significant change are things like in 1908, when the Old Age Pensions Act was introduced, or 1928, when all women in the UK were allowed to vote, or 1945, which showed uh, the end of the Second World War, or around 400 years ago when slavery was abolished. There's been significant steps forward, but we're still seeing the effects of ageism, sexism, racism, and war today. So I must admit, sometimes it's difficult to find hope. The world's too complicated, too messed up, we're too far gone. God had a perfect plan, but human beings decided to go their own way. But even still, when speaking to his people in verse 8, it says this, God will see that we get justice quickly. I don't know about you, but sometimes it doesn't feel like it's happening quickly enough. God doesn't always seem to operate on timelines that we would want him to. But it doesn't mean he's unbothered, far from it. The theologian Tim Keller says this, God will either give us what we ask or give us what we would have asked if we knew everything he knew. He doesn't always give us what we ask for when we want it and sometimes that's so hard to grapple with. But sometimes I'm actually quite thankful because when I was in school, in year nine, I really liked this girl that I hadn't spoken to before. Um, so I prayed to God that he could, you know what I'm saying? Just like, yeah. <laughs> And it never worked out. And I think that's because God knew that she was a Chelsea fan. <laughs> Sometimes he knows best, you know. When it comes down to it, this parable is as much about prayer as it is persistence. Jesus is very clear from the jump. Verse 1, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Always pray. I have to give a disclaimer. I'm not the most qualified person to speak on prayer because I'm not the best at it. It's fundamental to my life. I don't know where I would be without it, but I can definitely do it more. But there's just a few stumbling blocks for me in my prayer life. Um, are we family? Can I be, you know what I mean? Can I share my stumbling blocks? Are we family? Cool, man. Online, we family? I can see you nodding. I can see you nodding. So a few of the stumbling blocks for me is, the first one is I'm really forgetful. I forget things all the time. Every time someone asks me how old my son is, I start sweating, yeah? I don't want to be a bad dad, but sometimes I forget. 
you know who I blame for that, though? All of you lot that say your kids and your grandkids ages in months rather than years, yeah? Oh, my son's 29 months. How about yours? 29 months. I'm sorry, but I can't work that out. Is he two or 25? I don't know. <laughs> Let's start using years, people. Please, please. I'm forgetful. I would pray, but life gets busy. It slips my mind. Sometimes a friend will tell me what they're going through, and I'll do the Christian thing, and I'll say, I'll keep you in my prayers. And then I'll forget. I want to get better. Another one of my stumbling blocks is sleepy prayers. I love a sleepy prayer. Me, yeah. Now, you've had a long day. You get into bed, and you think, oh, I haven't prayed. Uh, yeah, dear Jesus, um, thanks for today. And um, yeah, I just... God must be up there thinking, what is this guy saying to me right now? I know I'm the God that knows all things, but even I need a translator for his press. <laughs> I want to get better. My last stumbling block is food. I love food too much, and so as soon as dinner's served, I tuck in straight away. And why is it always after my first bite that someone wants to say, shall we say grace? <laughs> and so now I'm at the table like this, looking like an absolute donut. I know some of you are judging me, but I'm not the worst. I actually came across this YouTube video the other day. Check it out. Obrigado por tudo, Senhor. Obrigado por esse dia maravilhoso, por essa mesa quarta, por tudo que temos, Pai Santo, Pai Amado. Obrigado por nos ter abençoado grandemente, Senhor, e pedimos. Abençoe esse alimento em nome de Jesus. Amém. Amém. My kind of guy, man. My kind of guy. Prayer is so important, but that also doesn't mean that we should stop taking action. There's a few things that God has already given us permission to do. Some of us are praying prayers like, God, do I really need to love my neighbor? And then you'll say stuff like, oh, God hasn't really answered that prayer yet, so I'm still going to refuse to take their Amazon delivery if they're not in. You cheeky, cheeky people. Yes, pray for help. But sometimes God's silence is his confidence in you. I love what Christine Kane said at the leadership conference. Get moving. Let's not just pray, let's act as well. So why does God want us to pray and never give up? Well, firstly, prayer is good for us. Persistence in prayer is not just something we do to get God's attention. It's transformational for us too. It builds character. I experienced that in 2017 when my dad passed away after a short battle with cancer. After he passed, I knew our prayers wouldn't bring him back to life. But as a family, we still prayed because the truth is we needed it. We needed the strength that we get through prayer, the character that we get through prayer, the peace that God wants to give all of us through prayer. One of my favorite quotes of all time, uh, if you know me, you've probably heard me say it before, but it's this. Once a man was asked, what did you gain by regularly praying to God? The man replied, sometimes nothing. But let me tell you what I lost. Anger, ego, greed, insecurity, anxious thoughts, and fear of death. Sometimes the answer to our prayers is not gaining, but losing, which ultimately is the gain. Secondly, prayer provides protection. 
if you pick up a newspaper and read just the first four pages, or if you switch on the news and watch it for just five minutes, you'll very quickly realize that we all need protection from this chaotic world. God wants to protect his people. Verse seven says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? I love that language because if you're crying out day and night, it means that you're in a really difficult, overwhelming and desperate situation. That passage covers people who are being persecuted, who are facing war, who are experiencing prejudice, who are experiencing grief, who are struggling with the rising cost of living. I also think there's maybe a reason why the woman in this story is a widow. My mom's a widow, and when I speak to her, she communicates how much harder it is to stand up for herself since my dad passed. I think God is displaying that he wants to protect all of us, right down to the most isolated, the most marginalized, the most lonely. And finally, prayer builds faith. The very last sentence in this passage is found in verse 8. It says, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? When Jesus returns, I think he's going to want to see faith. I love this sentence from another parable in Matthew. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Faith pleases God. Unless we know who God is, i.e. he's not like the unjust judge. And unless we pray while trying our best not to lose heart, I don't know if we'll have the type of faith that Jesus is talking about here. We have to know who God is. Persistent faith is a result of persistent prayer. And prayer is readily available to us because Jesus has made that possible. This isn't about pressure. It's not about rules. It's not about regulations. I don't think we need to have our eyes closed and in prayer 24 hours a day because it's impossible to do that. But life happens. You've got to go to uni or school or college or work. One thing I do know is that Jesus loves you so much that he's made it possible for us to have a relationship with him. Prayer is a weapon that all of us need. And the more that we carry that with us, the better. I carry my wallet with me every single day. And you know one thing you'll always find in there? A Nando's card, yeah? <laughs> Just because I have a Nando's card doesn't mean I'm eating Nando's every single second of every single day. But I know that if I get a bit peckish, if I get a bit hungry, if I'm in the Royal Borough of Kensington where a side order of chips cost about 55,000 pounds, then I can get my Nando's card out, go to Nando's, and collect my discount and my rewards. Prayer is readily available to us. Let's use that weapon as much as possible. You're probably wondering if I just compared praying to Nando's. I did, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yes, life is tough. Yes, we're going to have our down days, but we go again. We pray again because it builds our faith and God wants to protect us. And yes, life is great. Yes, we're going to have our incredible days. But we go again. We pray again because we're thankful for the goodness of God. Hang in there. The day we plant the seed is not always the day we see the fruit. 
It's a long journey, but don't lose heart. God is on the case. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 8 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think that whether you're a Christian or not, there's probably a reason why we often say prayers at weddings, at funerals, when someone's ill, or when we're blessing the birth of a baby. And I think that's because most of us know there's power in prayer. But God has so much more for us. There are so many more opportunities that we can walk in relationship with him and we can pray. It's kind of like, um, like I said, I'm Ghanaian. A lot of Ghanaian parties, food on a plate. You might get some plantain, you might get some jollof rice. You know, everyone loves plantain because it's sweet, it's nice. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just a side dish, you know. You're not getting the, the main meal. Jollof is where it's happening, you get me? And so it's amazing that we can join with each other in prayer at these special events like weddings. But ultimately, there is so many more opportunities for us to walk with Jesus in prayer.